This is a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. Welcome to the Not Lukewarm Podcast with Diana Bartolini, a speaker, writer, and spiritual director who wants you to know your faith and live not lukewarm. Hello, everyone. It's Diana Bartolini with the Not Lukewarm Podcast. And as always, I am happy to be with you today to talk about something a little different, maybe, than I usually talk about, though, of course, we will always focus a bit on faith and how it intersects in our daily life. Today, I want to talk about a study that I have read about more than once in a couple of different places. And so when things come to me frequently, I think, well, maybe this bears thinking about. I'm going to unpack this somewhat famous study for a little bit right now. Study is the Harvard study on what makes a good life. This study was began in 1938 and has continued for more than 80 years. Some of the original people collecting the data and doing the research have, of course, as you would imagine, have died, as well as some of the original study people in the, in the study. But this has continued on with new people collecting data, new directors, to the children and grandchildren, figuring out what makes a good life. What do we see that people who live a long life, what makes it good? And there are seven things, and I'm going to read you just the list of seven things, but I'm just going to focus on one. I'll also provide a link in the show notes, a synopsis of all the different facets that I talk about so that you can look at it yourself. This idea, faith and secular world oftentimes agree and we don't necessarily realize it. And so that's something that struck me. And so I wanted to talk to you about it. So here's what this uh, the study, it's the, the most important traits of happy, well elders, okay? Number one thing, don't smoke. Number two, do not abuse alcohol. Number three, maintain a healthy body weight. Number four, exercise. They suggest the best thing to do is walk every day. Number five, have an adaptive coping style, which that means that basically when you have a problem, you look at the problem, you figure out a solution, you confront it and you move on. Hmm, That's a good one to remember. Number six, education. More education leads to a happier mind and a longer, happier life. It doesn't mean education like I need to have a PhD to be happy, but that you're interested in learning and continuing to use your mental capabilities. And the last one, which is what we're going to talk about, are stable long-term relationships, friendships. It can be marriage, but friendships, people with whom you grow together, whom you can count on no matter what comes your way. I'm going to read to you, as I said, I'm going to focus on that last one. And so I want to read to you something from the book of Sirach. Book of Sirach, chapter 25, those who are worthy of praise. And Sirach says this, with three things I am delighted, for they are pleasing to the Lord and to human beings. Harmony among relatives, friendship among neighbors, and a wife and a husband living happily together. Look at that. Harmony, friendship, happily living together, husband and wife. Those are things that God delights in. and They are pleasing to him. And I think they are pleasing to us. I know they are pleasing to us, right? Doesn't it make you happy, give you joy and contentment to know that you have people in your life that you can count on. 
I think sometimes we forget that that is necessary, so necessary to have people in our lives that we can count on. And so just as Sirach says that God delights in them, and we can tell from the New Testament, how many times do we see Jesus? Who is he often with? Well, of course, he's often with his disciples and the 12 apostles. Do you not think those were his friends? Of course they were his friends. He had Mary and Martha were his friends, as well as Lazarus. All of those people were his friends. He had Nicodemus. Nicodemus was a friend of Jesus. Mary Magdalene was a friend of Jesus. Veronica was a friend of Jesus until the end of his life. Jesus valued people. We know this. He had a very high value on people. Placed a very high value on relationships. So why would we not do the same? I often think that in this world, we forget the value of true friendship. True friendship. The, the kind of friend that three o'clock in the morning, you can call him up or her up because there's a crisis, a really serious crisis, and that person is going to help you. And this is not only necessary for our mental health, but for our physical health, because we want to have good and satisfying relationships, not for a reason because it's good for me, right? Like, like selfishly, but we want to have this good relationship because it's mutually helpful. And when you have people in your life that you can talk about hard things with, answer deep philosophical questions with, those are the people who you're going to bond with and who are going to stay with you for a long time because your friendship is not based on something that is fleeting. You know, it's not like the, the parents you meet at Little League. You know, maybe some of those parents do become lifelong friends and that is amazingly wonderful. But I'm talking about deep friendship born of shared convictions, morality, and a desire to not only be with the other person, but truly to love the other person in such a way that you want their good. So that's how I love my husband. That's how I love my children. But I have friends who, when they hurt, I hurt because I love them. Do I love them in the same way as I love my husband and children? No, not exactly. But there is still that love. And I think oftentimes we're afraid to say that. We're afraid to reach out to other people and show them how much we care. But it really does make for a better life, not only in our life today, but as we age. Because let's face it, as, as we age, things that we value fall away from us, right? Maybe we are very good at our jobs, but eventually you're going to leave your job. And sometimes people move away. Or other times your family, your children might move away. And so, or a spouse dies. Do you have friends who are going to fill in? and take up empty spaces that the people who've left have, have you left you with, right? You don't want to have an empty life. But when I say you have to have friendship, I'm not talking about dozens and dozens of friends. I'm talking about a handful, maybe even three people who you can count on to be there for you. And you are there for them because Having those good relationships is what is going to help you. As a matter of fact, the, the second person who took over this Harvard study, his name is Robert Waldinger. And he has this quote I'm going to read to you. The people who were the most satisfied in their relationships at 50 were the healthiest at age 80. So keep, think about this. I don't know how old you are. 
I know how old I am, past 50, I have some really good friendships and I value those people. And I hope they know that I value them. And I don't value them because they're going to help me be healthy when I'm 80 because there's longevity in my family. So there's a pretty good chance I will be alive when I'm 80. That's not why I value them. Okay. I'm not using them to get to have a good life at 80, but there's this mutually beneficial relationship to know we care for each other. And when God sees us caring for others, that, my friends, is how the world keeps knowing who he is. I will also say that the deepest friendships I have were all formed in one way or another through faith. It doesn't mean we necessarily have the same faith or that we practice our faith in the same way, but we, many of us, came together because of our faith. We have stayed together for various reasons. Sometimes we joke and say, well, you know all my deep, dark secrets, and you still want to be my friend, so I'll stick with you. And that's partly true. Partly, they know the things they know because we trusted them to begin with. That's why we still trust them. We trusted them to begin with, and so we were able to be vulnerable, and to be honest, and to be authentic, and to know that what we were going to get back, same thing. When I think about friendship, especially sometimes the way the world operates, it can be very easy to decide Oh, I'll be friends with this person or friendly with this person because they're going to help me get what I want. That's not what we're talking about. Talking about being a friend to someone because there's something in them that makes you better and there's something in you that makes them better. You draw out the mutual good in each other and for each other. I think that's a beautiful example of life-giving love that God has for us. It's a wonderful example. Romantic love is lovely. But it doesn't last. It simply doesn't last. We cannot maintain that level of high intensity of romantic love when we first fall in love with our spouse. If it isn't your spouse, the person you first fall in love with, you can't maintain that level of intensity. It would just be too much. You can maintain a level of mutual love with your friends and hopefully with your spouse as well. That, that idea that you want to be with that person and that person wants to be with you, and what you want for each other is mutual good. You're not using each other, but you're saying, I want your good because I love you, not for any other reason. And it's, it's interesting because sometimes we are hesitant to tell our friends that we love them. Maybe it's easy for us to tell our spouses. Maybe it's easy for us to tell our children. Maybe it's harder for us to tell our friends. And that could be, but maybe that could be something we all work toward, you know? Telling our friends that we value their friendship and we love them could be something that we could do. I'm not making that the nut lukewarm challenge, don't worry. I think what happens sometimes is we get caught up in our own life and we forget to reach out to people. We miss opportunities to be with others because we're caught up in some hamster wheel, treadmill kind of existence, focusing on things that really are not going to help us to be happy well elders at 80. You notice none of the things I said about how you're going to be happy and well have to do with your job or stuff or money, prestige, none of those things. The most touching one to me, again, was this notion, this belief in friendship and healthy relationships being at the core of how you can be healthy and well as you age when other things start to fade away. So our not lukewarm challenge for this week is 
a fun one. It is a really fun one. What I want you to do is I want you to think of a person you have enjoyed their company very much, you like being with them, and you miss them for whatever reason. You haven't seen them in a while. I want you to call them up. Yes, call them up. Don't text them and don't send an email. I want you to call them up. You can hear their voice and they can hear your voice. And if they live close enough, call them up and invite them to your house for dinner, to go out for dinner, to go have a coffee, whatever it is that you like to do with this person, okay? And if they live far away and you cannot get together, then use technology and FaceTime with them or do a Zoom call with them so you can actually see them in person. That's your not lukewarm challenge. Totally fun. Reach out to a friend that you haven't spoken to in a long time and get together with them in some way or another. That's what I want you to do. Next week, you will have so many fun things to do, which will be a wonderful, wonderful thing. Because remember, God puts people in our lives because he wants us to have relationships. Our God is a God of relationship. He is Trinitarian. He is Trinitarian. Jesus had friends. And Sirach reminds us that God smiles and delights when we have friends. So delight God this week and delight yourself by getting in touch with a friend. I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful week. Before you go, I want to let you know that on August 1st, I am starting a new course, mini challenge course called Be the Boss of Your Brain. I don't know what goes on in your brain, but sometimes in mine, there is a lot of negative thoughts from the past, from people, from failures. And when I'm trying to work on a new project or I get excited about learning something new, those thoughts enter in and they cause me to doubt myself. And I want those thoughts to be gone from my brain and from your brain. I want us to be the boss of our own brains. So I invite you to take a look. I'll drop the link in the show notes, or you can go to livenotlukeform.com and find out more about the course. Have a great week, everyone. Reach out to a friend, and I'll talk to you again next week. God bless you, and always live not lukewarm. Thanks for listening to the Not Lukewarm Podcast, a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. If you like this podcast, Please subscribe, tell a friend, or leave a review wherever you listen. Show notes and links are at notlukewarmpodcast.com.